0: Man, that was so sweet. I didn't even want you to sit down yet. Whew. Is anyone else excited about the songs we're gonna sing this month? Yeah. I was at a church the other day and they sang Shout to the Lord, and they got that one. It almost knocked me over. I was like, oh my goodness. So I'm excited, Mike. He, he, he knows that. Um, so we're starting off a new series today. It's for this month and it's called What Can We Do? So as you can see, In the colors, this is a bit of a retro, this is a bit of a throwback series. So we're doing some things that will be familiar to some of us, will be new to some of us. One of the things that we're gonna do, actually, I'm gonna read our passage first and then we're gonna talk about what we're gonna do, all right? So I'm gonna tell you where we're going, overarching passage for, I think, the series. We're gonna talk about the series as a whole and we're gonna come back to the passage for today, okay? So we're gonna kind of start broad and narrow. But that's slide seven. Let me just read this for you. And let us consider, That we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So we're going to come back to that. But that's overarching. The series is called "What Can We Do?" And sometimes we're in the room. We'll say, "What can we do?" So we'll talk about big things, but we want to narrow it down for you. And so sometimes uh, uh, you'll hear something, in the message like, man, that sounds really good. Like, I think I should do that. I think I should be a part of that. But then life happens and we go home. We're supposed to get an email later. We get the email, we start to read the email, but then in my house, someone interrupts you and then you forget about the email. And then later on you forget about it again and then you forget to sign up. So we wanna make it super simple. So what we're doing is we're doing something that's kind of old. In every row there is a clipboard If you have a a clipboard in your row, hold it up high. Yeah, there is one in every row. There are 98 clipboards in this church, and this morning I had a box of pens, I can't get over this, box of pens, and I was putting a pen on every clipboard. Guess how many pens were in the box? 98. 98. I couldn't believe it. I was like, there is something to this, this is going to be good so when i was growing up not all churches but some churches they had what was called like the friendship register or the friendship folder where you signed in at church who did this anybody sign yep some people signed in at church so we're not taking attendance don't you worry about that but the reason it's there is i do want you to sign in if you are new i do want you to check yes i'm new but the reason it's there is that we want very specific things that you can say yes to what can we do we wanna give you specific things that if you feel like the Spirit prompts, you can say, I wanna do that. So for this week, every week too, it changes. There'll be two to three things each week. So it, kind of based on the sermon. So as you sign in this week, you can put your name down, pass it down the row, and if you want to, check yes. The first one is we're gonna have some men's and women's gatherings this year, kind of regularly. The women are for sure gathering once a month. We men are figuring it out. But we are gonna have one this week, Wednesday. <laughs> So the men, for men from high school up, we're watching a movie together this week. We watched it once before, 100 men showed up and we told them they should bring a friend this time. It's called Show Me the Father. And what it does, what this movie does, is documentary, is it helps us understand how our relationships with our earthly fathers impacts our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And there might be some things that are really good and some things that are not. And so we deal with those things, there's prayer time at the end, it's pretty low key. If you're a man, And you want to come, high school up, just check yes, and I will send you the information. The women, again, it's called to gather. That's a good name, right? To gather, that's pretty good, right? And so they're going to meet once a month, starting September 17, and they're going to look at the mind, the body, the soul, and the spirit. Large group settings, into small group settings, fun environment, there's going to be additional resources. So if that's interesting to you, if you want to get together in large groups and meet some people, just check yes. That's up to you. Second two things are kind of callbacks to last year and then to this year. So the first thing on the list is that you want to recommit to Sabbath. Does that remember the four words from Sabbath last year? You get a gold star if you do. Cease, rest, embrace, feast. So in my house, we like to call it Yes Day. In fact, we'll have a Yes Day later probably. We try to have like breakfast food, sometimes pancakes with whipped cream, and we say yes to God, and we say yes to each other and we're not always doing it, i be honest with you. We wanna get better at it. So if you wanna to continue to get better at Sabbath, you want more resources, more ideas, we would love to help you with that, just check yes. And this year, we're doing everyone's favorite thing, memorizing scripture. <laughs> Who likes to memorize scripture? Love it, perfect, me too. I'm working on it, I'm a work in progress. But we're gonna memorize scripture together and we're gonna do it in this room. But if you want other resources, other ways to do that or ways to help you do that, check yes. And we wanna send those things to you. So those are your invitations for this week, just so you know, I'll remind you on the back end. But this, what we're doing this whole series is we're asking the question, what can we do? And so really what we're doing is, uh, it's funny to me that we make our New Year's resolutions and habits in January, right? Is this weird to anyone else? First is my second least favorite month. First least favorite is February. It's cold. It's freezing. No one wants to go outside. We just left the holidays, which even if you're really intentional, we're with family the whole time. It's exhausting in the best way. So we are exhausted. It's freezing cold. And let's choose lots of things that we want to work on this year. No, I don't think so. I actually knew somebody who would do it in October because you had more time. But it got me thinking. It's August. The whole town of Pella was on vacation last two weeks. Not sure if you know that or not. (laughs) Everyone was gone, but we're all back. School starts in a couple weeks. Practices are starting, things are starting. So we actually have like a window here to make some decisions about what we want to be about this year. What do we want to do? Because what we say yes to does lots of things. It occupies our time, our thoughts. It shows other people what we value, right? And I was reading a book called Habits of the Household. And this one person wrote, he said, why is our normal even our normal? Like, did you ever think about that? Why do we do things the way we do things? You know, if you're a single person or a household or whatever you are, why do I do it that way? He said, usually we just start doing things. And that just becomes how we do it. And we never ask those questions. And we're like, well, that's actually not a very good way to live. Like, it's, it's just not good. So we want to take some time here to think about this year. What can we do? What can we do? What can I do? What can you do? So what I want to do first is, I was, uh, as I was getting ready for today, I, uh, I found our annual report. This is really good, by the way, just so you know. I'm not sure if you read it. There's more of them if you want it, or I can send it to you electronically if you like. But in the very beginning, uh, my dad, our senior pastor, wrote a letter to us. And the letter is entitled, Living a Questionable Life. I thought, now that is interesting for today. What can we do? So can I read you some excerpts from it? Because I think what he's asking is what we're going to ask for the next month. So we're trying to make space for you this whole month to think about how you want to live this year. Who do you want to be this year? What should I say yes to? What should I say no to? Because we're going to give you tons of invitations, and I don't think you should do them all. We want you to say yes to the things with the Spirit that you can bring into your life and make part of the way that you live. All right? So let me read this for you. My dad wrote this, if we are unintentional about daily living, we are left highly susceptible to the gale force winds of our circumstances to the point where we only stop to think about what is crucial after we crash and our daily lives come jarring to a halt. We're busy. We're very busy. We're scattered and distracted. Therefore, we don't give much forethought to our overarching purpose, where we're headed and what we need to do next. So our senior pastor said, may I encourage us in the coming year to consider, did you hear that in our passage today? Consider slowing down long enough, maybe a couple weeks, to reconsider and redirect this increasingly frantic, reactive way of living. How do we do this? That's what this series is about. What can we do? What should we do? Let's take some time to think about it. Because he goes on to say, this year, we will either flourish in love or we will wilt in despair. And we will reap the consequences of what we value, what we dream of. These ideas carry huge implications. So a significant question we all must answer is what kind of person will we choose to become? Man, I think like he wrote the sermon for us today, didn't he? That's what we're trying to do, okay? So if you want this, I'll get it for you. What can we do? So this series is built on what are called the one another's. So in the New Testament, 59 times, the authors talk about what we should do for one another. So you have this new church believing in this person who just came and they're just trying to figure it out. And so what should we do for one another? There's lots of things. There's 59 of them. We should love one another. That's in here a whole bunch, by the way. John talks about it a lot. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Uh, Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another as Jesus accepted you. Instruct one another. Greet one another. It's over and over and over. It's almost like the writers of the New Testament, inspired by the Holy Spirit, are saying, Here's the problem, everybody, is we tend to think about ourselves a lot, and that's a problem. Think about one another. So we're going to ask the question, what can we do all month? And there's lots of things that we can do, but what we really want to do is we want to shift our gazes from ourselves outwards. Because it seems to be significant. Fifty-nine times in the New Testament, that's quite a few times. So that's what this series is built on top of. Actually, one author said this, that the primary activity of the early church was one anothering one another. That's what they did. One last thought. I think it's slide uh, six. So oftentimes when I think about what to do, what not to do, um, uh, so we have 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 five generations in this church, right? We are a multi-generation church. Well, I heard a person give a teaching on not using that word. He said, you should be an intergenerational church. So if you're a multi-generational church, what you'll do is you'll just do the things that are in your age demographic. You'll just hang out with your people the whole way through. And you think that's all I can do. He said, that's not true. He said, in a family of God, in a family, right, we're all part of the family. We need every part of the family. So an intergenerational church is doing everything together. So last week I got to be down in the kindergarten room, got to serve down there, which I would highly recommend. It is really fun. And I listened to little people just belt out the fruit of the Spirit. Like, talk about energy. You want, you need some energy in your life, serve in the kindergarten room. But what struck me as I was sitting there thinking about today was I looked around the room. I saw little kids for sure, but I saw high school serving, I saw young parents serving, I saw Older people serving. wiser people will say serving. So, in this room, you had all of the generations. And that is super important because we need the energy, we need the wisdom. So, at this month, as you have opportunities brought to you, invitations, don't think you can only do certain things. Wherever the Spirit says to go, ask you to listen. You know, at the end, we're going to sing a song, and in it, there's a simple phrase it says, simple obedience. Obedience is a scary word, and no one likes it, right, primarily. But I think you get prompted. I think there would be something that's like, I should do that. I never thought I would want to do that, but I should maybe do that. I'm just going to say, would you consider saying yes? All right? So that's the series. How are we doing? What can we do? All right. We're going to get into the passage now. Um, So we're in Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Real quickly, the overview of Hebrews is that The writer of Hebrews is making a case all the way through that Jesus is superior to everything else. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He's talking to people who think these things might be more important than Jesus. He's saying, no, it's not. He's providing his his case for that. So throughout that, he's making Jesus is most important. And because of that, he keeps saying, so be faithful, be faithful, be faithful. So that's what Hebrews is about. So for 10 chapters, he does that. We get into here to end of chapter 10. So what? What do we do? Let's read it. Let us consider. I like that word, consider. Let's think about it for a minute. Let's think about it. Discern. What should we do? Let's consider. Let's think. I'm reading a book right now called The Discerning Life. And in it, the author is saying, we think we need to discern uh, what to do in situations. We're looking for wisdom in a situation. And he's saying, that's part of it. But a discerning life is looking for the presence, power, and movement of God in all things. He says, it's an invitation. A discerning life is an invitation to notice God everywhere. So when I say, let's consider, I want you to think of your whole life. Not just what you do in here, but what you do in your homes, in your schools, everywhere you go. What are we supposed to do this year? What can we do? So let us, and also in this passage, it's all plural language, just so you know. It's all we's and us's. I don't, there's no I's in this. So the author's saying, I know you want to think about yourself. I need you to think about everyone. We, what are we going to do? So let us consider how we may spur, Let's stop there, spur. I think of spurs like a horse, right? You kick the horse, the horse goes, it's sharp, it hurts. Sometimes we need that. The word I'm choosing to use today is gonna to be inspire. Maybe you feel like I spur you today, I'm not sure but inspire let us consider how we inspire one another toward what love and good deeds what do we say about love in here love means to will the good of another what does that mean exactly i, I got some quotes to help me out this kind of love we're trying to inspire one another toward love love is loyalty and commitment to serve a person so they become more like jesus even if it means I give it my own rights and my own privileges, like Jesus did. This kind of love is an unconditional commitment to imperfect people, right? In which one gives oneself to one another to bring the relationship to God's intended purposes. So we love people, so they become more like Jesus. We love people so that our relationship becomes what God wants it to be. I was thinking uh, a blessing that was prayed over me my whole life, and we try to say it most nights to my girls, is this, that we pray that Daddy, Mommy, Kai, and Koda become all that God created us to be. And then we say, and would you help Mommy, Daddy, Kai, and Coda help you do that? That's what loving is. We want people to become who God made them to be, not necessarily what we want to be, where I want them to be, even what they want to be, because we oftentimes don't know what we should be. I've wanted to be lots of different things in life, and I was wrong most of the time, right? Anybody else? We want people to become who God made them to be. So we are trying to think about how to inspire one another to love people like that, and also towards good deeds, Now those words, those good deeds together, it's interesting, I'm not gonna try to say the original root words, I think I probably could could couldn't get it right. Good means usable, suitable, functional, and the deeds, it says, are supposed to be things that people outside of our community can recognize. So we're trying to do things that people who do not believe what we believe, believe in who we believe in, can see, experience, hear, which leads them to say, Why do you do that? Living a questionable life. So we're trying to think about right now, this whole month, how? How can we inspire other people to love people in a radical way and do things in such a way that people think, why do you do it that way? What is going on in your life? How do you handle it that way? Why don't you guys do that? What's up with that? All right, let's keep going. Let's also then, let us then not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Isn't that interesting? I don't want to get myself in trouble with this. So apparently in this, I was reading about it, people are leaving the large church to create their own little things, but not with like good intentions, right? So we're supposed to gather together in our homes and break bread and feast together and share life together, but people were leaving the church to do things on their own because that's just how they wanted to do it. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to say this. I, assist in the first service, I am amazed at our technical team. Later this month, I'm trying to talk them into having like no tech for a while so we can see all the things that they do for us. They're incredible. I have utilized Livestream a bunch of times. And there are situations to for sure use it. It is a good thing. It is necessary. People all over the country can tune in. I've been in other cities with other people and we could tune in together. It is a gift. You say that. But what I want you to think, when you think about this passage, let us not give up meaning together. If you're watching elsewhere, I just want you to ask why? Why am I watching from home? Because I'm just gonna say, if the answer is because it's easier for me I don't know about that. I can fit God in on Tuesday night, it's easier for me. I can watch church later, it's easier for me. I have a really busy Sunday, it's easier for me. I'm saying, ask yourself why. So I'm not here to judge or to shame. I have no idea. There's lots of great and unique circumstances where we need to, this is a gift. What I'm saying is, ask yourself why. Because if my answer is because that's what I want to do, listen to that. That's what I want to do. What is this whole thing about? One another. Something is different when we gather together. When I say it's better I want to do this, what am I doing? Who's superior? Is Jesus Hebrews is Jesus still superior? Or have I now made myself superior? I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to everybody else. I have done that. It's easier. I'm saying, think about it. i mean, going we're here to spur each other, right? Sometimes it's kind of sharp. I spurred myself this week with that thought. So, because when we gather together, I'm telling you, when you're in this room, it's different. Anyone agree with that? Can I get an amen to that? Come on. So let's not give up meeting together. Some are in the habit of doing. Let's encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I'm not sure what the day for sure is. I've heard different thoughts. It could be the day Jesus is returning. We're getting ready for that day. But also a thought in here also is that there's also days coming that are gonna be really, really hard for you. There's actually suffering and persecution happening already. And so I wonder if he's saying, you need to keep encouraging each other you need to keep inspiring each other you need to keep being together why because there's a day coming when you're going to need people and if you aren't doing those things you will have no people and you'll be left all by yourself so do this today when things are good so that for someone else so on that day they can do it for you because so we're part of a family we do this thing together so my best analogy for this i have an analogy and a story is uh, who's running a marathon Marathoners, 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 I know you are. I have not run a marathon, and I don't think I ever will. I've got terrible knees, But I have watched some marathons. And so has anyone ever been to the Chicago Marathon? So I've learned some things about marathoning that I did not know. I thought you just got your shoes on, you just went and ran. That's not how it works. There's a whole training program, and even when you run the race, there's a lot of thought. So I didn't know that when you run a marathon that you have multiple people run with you at different times. Did you know that? I didn't know that. So you start running, a friend runs with you, you probably have your headphones in, you might not even know they're like, you know they're there, you probably don't talk to them, but they run with you for a while. And then they peel off and a new friend comes on, and then a new friend comes on, and a new friend comes on. So all the way, you're running with someone. I think that's what he's saying. And then, if you've been in Chicago Marathon, every neighborhood throws a huge party. So we we used to go to church on the path And we didn't have church that day, but we all still came. And you would literally just stand on the side, just yelling for everyone, just cheering them on. Hey, number seven, great job. You and the yellow, way to go. I didn't know who I was talking to, but it was so much fun. So on this race that you're running, which is what the Hebrews goes on to talk about in chapter 12, is you have all kinds of people cheering you on and running with you the whole way. That is what he's talking about. That's what this series is about. What can we do? What can I do? What can you do? Let's think about it. How do we encourage one another in a life that is good and super hard? So sometimes in these kinds of sermons, um, uh, I'll be sitting, I have this historically, and think, I don't know if I'm qualified to do that. I don't know if I'm not a leader. Like, I don't do that. That's for someone else, right? Well, let me tell you a story i never heard it's told this way until recently. It's it's one of Jesus' stories. So Jesus, uh, he's going to take his buddies, his disciples, and he says, hey, guys, we're going to go across the Sea of Galilee. Well, a couple things. Did you know that fishermen that day did not fish more than 100 yards offshore? They did not like the water. The disciples, even the fishermen, do not want to go across the water. The water is, they think of Genesis 1, it's wild, it's chaotic. The water could be the portal to the abyss where bad things go jesus we don't go across the water it's 50 miles if we walk around the outside it'll take us like a day or something like that we can get there ourselves let's not go across the water jesus says hey let's go across the water so he's going take him away he doesn't want to go and they're going to a place that they don't want to go it's in matt it's, it's in mark five they call it the uh the Gergesenes. i think say say it it's the place where any good Jewish man would never want to go. Bad people live there with the wrong views on life. They're, they're horrible. They're pagans. I would never want to go to that place. We cannot go there. We, Jesus, first of all, wrong way, wrong place. Don't want to go to those places, right? So, but Jesus says, well, we're going to do it anyways. He's a rabbi, so you got to do what he says. So they get in the boat, they go across, they land. And when they land, this is why I'm telling the story, a person who's probably not clothed runs out of the tombs, it says. He's screaming and he's yelling. He's been totally ostracized from the community because he is possessed by demons, a lot of demons. And for some of us think that supernatural stuff is old. I would argue, watch our movies. We all believe in supernatural things, right? How many Marvel movies are there right now? We believe in the supernatural. So this person is possessed by a whole bunch of demons and he comes running down the hill towards Jesus. Disciples gotta be like, man, I knew it. Water bad, wrong place. Whoa, what is going on? Jesus casts out the demons, if you know the story. And there's a ton of them. And they go into some pigs. Now, just for fun, I love this kind of stuff. Do we have slide nine? I was listening to a podcast. People go to to, to Israel a lot. This is probably the cliff. So as you look at the Sea of Galilee, there's like only one place this probably could have happened. So that's probably where all the pigs ran in the water right there. I just like that kind of stuff. I want to share it with you. So they run the water, and then what you have is a person who's no longer demon-possessed, probably naked, but he's the perfect candidate to be a disciple, right? He's been kicked out of the community. No one wants him. No one likes him. He has no ties anywhere, and he has got an awesome story. Jesus saved him. What does Jesus say to him? No. He says, you go home, and you tell people what God has done for you. You go tell them. Does he know about the Torah? Does he know about God? You think he knows about Moses or Abraham or all those stories in the Old Testament? I'm guessing not. So he goes and he goes and tells. I didn't know this until recently. Jesus and the disciples don't go back there for quite a while. Then they do go back. What happened when they landed at the place where this crazy man who probably had to repair all of his relationships, to feel he wasn't crazy and tell this insane story what happened when he landed Jesus feeds 4,000 people that means 4,000 men plus their families so because of this unqualified person story thousands of people come to see Jesus what can we do what can I do can you do? I'm just saying, I don't, if we take the time to consider, we're all being asked to do something. And if we're gonna shift our perspectives to one another, we have to do it. So that's what this series is all about. Every week, come back. Next week, we're gonna talk about discipleship. How are you gonna be discipled this year? How are you gonna become more like Jesus, personally? But do we, are we just saved to ourselves? No. How are you going to disciple this year? You want to go downstairs to the kindergarten room? First grade room, second grade room? Go in the nursery? Be a mixed leader, a core leader? I don't know where you're called to be. That's next week. And the next week is how do we leave this place? How do we bring the kingdom with us? And finally, it's about hospitality. Radical hospitality. What can we do? Do, What can I do? What can you do? That's what we're wrestling with this whole month. And we're gonna sing really fun old songs, all right? So I'm gonna invite the band up and uh, let's pray. I keep coming back to that song in my mind. God, at the beginning, you'd set a fire. Holy Spirit, One time when you came you were fire. You have been fire. So I just pray that this month you would kindle some little flames down in our souls and our persons that as we listen that you would let us know what we each individually can do and what we can do as a church family. And I pray that whenever you Ask, whatever is it you ask, whatever that is, that we would practice simple obedience. That we would just say yes, because you are a good God and we can trust you. Pray that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.